Good morning, Pamela. Hey, Rye. You're here early. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm getting ready for today's episode. It's, it's a really tough one for me. We're going to talk about gun violence again, and I'm feeling really sad about it. Yeah, me too. This gun violence seems to be happening like all the time. And when I hear about it, it makes me angry and frustrated and scared and... Would you like a hug, Rye? Yes, please. <sighs> Thanks, Pamela. Yeah, that helped. <clears throat> okay, uh, I think I'm ready to start. Let's do it. I'm Pamela Kirkland. And I'm Ryan Willard. It's Wednesday, April 5th. This is the 10 News. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. There was some really tough news last week. In Nashville, Tennessee, there was a school shooting that took the lives of six people, adults and children. It's a heartbreaking tragedy and one of 130 mass shootings in the U.S. in 2023. The definition of a mass shooting can vary, but generally it means four or more people being injured or killed by gun violence. It's left us wondering why this happened and how does it stop? And we're thinking about you, our tenors, and how you are handling all of this. Here's what tenor Leilani had to say. I just honestly, I want to know why people are going out there and shooting people at schools. It's terrifying. Events like a school shooting are really scary, and no one knows why an individual chooses to hurt others. Schools are a very safe place, and if we talk about the issue, it helps us process what happened. So today, we're here to do what we can to help you start to have a conversation at home with your family and learn about the ways that many adults are working to change the gun laws in the United States. In this episode, we're going to hear from some of our tenors, get help from some experts to answer your questions, and learn what activists are doing to push change and make a difference. And a reminder during today's show, if you need to take a break and turn this off, that's okay. We'll still be here for you when you're ready to come back. Not interested in talking about this topic? That's okay too. Check out one of our other episodes and have a good laugh if that will help. Like last Wednesday's episode where I learned when I should wipe my butt with rocks. Sticking around? Then grab your grown-up and let's get going with this 10 News special episode. It wouldn't be the 10 News if we didn't kick things off with a definition breakdown. There are a lot of terms being used on the news, and two of our tenors, Leilani and Owen, are here to help us with this rundown. What is gun violence? Gun violence means anyone getting injured or killed by a gun. Gun violence is the leading cause of adolescent deaths in America. In 2023, 413 kids, 17 and under, have been killed, and 969 have been injured by guns. What is the Second Amendment and why do we have it? The Second Amendment of the U.S. Constitution was added in 1791 and states, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This can be interpreted many different ways and for many years was argued if it covers individuals' gun rights. In 2008, the Supreme Court addressed a case that involved the Second Amendment and voted 5-4 to four that the amendment allows U.S. citizens to have a gun at home for self-defense. Though, many constitutional historians disagree that the Constitution allows personal ownership of a gun. 
What are assault weapons? Assault weapons and assault rifles are semi-automatic guns designed for military use and quick, efficient killing. In 1994, assault weapons were banned nationwide, but the law expired in 2004, and efforts to renew that ban have repeatedly failed. And now, it's easier to obtain an assault weapon than ever before. What is gun control? Gun control refers to any legal measure intended to prevent or restrict the possession or use of guns. Activists who are pushing for stricter laws prefer the term gun sense. Last year, Moms Demand Action founder Shannon Watts joined the 10 News, and here's what she had to say. Gun sense is really just a way to say common sense. It means that we can all be doing more to protect our families and our communities from gun violence. This is really about putting the responsibilities that should go along with gun rights back into the equation. Um, they've really been stripped away by gun lobbyists and special interests. And it's really up to everyday average citizens to make sure that our lawmakers are doing what we say and not what gun lobbyists say. What are schools doing to keep kids safe? Schools have many ways of keeping students safe. Teachers and students participate in active shooter drills and lockdown drills. These drills are exercises designed to train people how to respond to dangerous situations. There isn't one single way to do these, so these can vary from school to school or place to place. And Leilani, we know that you have active shooter drills at your school. Can you share what that's like? Usually, we would hear like the announcements from the principal because we have like speakers in our classroom, like hopefully most classrooms do. And we would go outside, and then after that, we would usually just continue what we're doing. But some days we would hear about like what exactly we would do, and like if the person with the gun was over here, or over there, or like anywhere, we would know where to go. Thanks for sharing, Leilani. During a tough time, it's helpful to turn to an expert for ways to process scary and confusing events and topics. Joining us today on the 10 News is Abby Greger. Abby is a licensed clinical social worker and has been working in schools since 2000. She's currently a middle school counselor in the Berkeley United School System in California and a licensed therapist. We decided that this was a job for Cap, so here is show creator Tracy Kaplan speaking with Abby. Abby, thank you for joining us today. Let's get right into this. Tell us a bit about your background. I started working in a high school. And I worked in a multidisciplinary clinic, providing mental health services to people there. And we would see a number of students,、um, both in crisis individually as well as experience school-wide crises over the time that I worked there. So now I work at a middle school, and I do a combination of providing social-emotional support as well as academic. And、um, we're still very much responding to emergencies and national crises as they come up. How do you talk to your students about what's going on? Do you find that they come to you, or do you actively kind of broach the topic to start a conversation? It depends on what has happened.、Um, if there is an event that has actively impacted our community very directly, then we will, as a school, acknowledge what has happened. So teachers might read a statement. Um, and then we would invite students to be able to come and talk to a counselor if they would like to speak about it more. Sometimes people like to speak about things individually, and sometimes they like to come in in groups.、Um, 
everybody's kind of processing information in their own way and may experience a whole uh, range of feelings. Um, but we support everybody and recognize that there are a whole lot of different feelings that come up around um, when scary events happen, like yeah. gun violence in schools. And I'm sure some of us are feeling this, but what about kids or adults who feel like they're becoming numb to these tragedies? It's very scary to learn about these things. And particularly with the school, uh, school is a place where you're supposed to be safe. It's a place where you learn, where you're supposed to be taken care of when you're not at home with your family. So um, when we hear about these incidents of violence at schools, it can change the way we feel about our own safety in schools. Having the unexpected become expected is, is really scary, right? That says there's a fundamental shift in their own feelings of safety at school. And I'd love to know, what are some signs that you look out for to know if a kid is struggling? So one thing that's very normal is to experience a lot of fear afterwards. It can be normal to have mood swings, to suddenly be okay, and then the next minute be really angry or really sad. So what we say to kids is, is that feelings are kind of like weather. So some days it might feel really sunny and some days it might feel really stormy. So weather is something we don't control, just like feelings. So the best we can do is to take care of ourselves when we're having those difficult times, to have as much comfort as possible, and um, know that the sun will come back out. So one thing I like to think about too is that what's something we'd want to watch out for? So if we notice that um, we're having just stormy day after stormy day, that would be a sign it would be really good to get some help and to talk to somebody about that. When it stops feeling like uh, a rainy week and it starts feeling more like a season, that's when it's really important to get some connection and support for the feelings that you're having. The thing that I would say is, um, one thing is a school shooting is very different from a natural disaster like an earthquake or a fire because there's nothing natural about it. It feels so wrong for people to be harmed in a place where children are supposed to be safe and nurtured. And I think that adds to the trauma of the experience. What are some of the ways that you've helped students process loss and scary events? So I created this healing worksheet that was based on the critical incident stress debrief model, which was actually used for firefighters and police after they would respond to a, a very traumatic and stressful um, event in the community. So I developed this healing worksheet that um, walks you through a little bit about the experience, almost like a Mad Libs. We're familiar with Mad Libs where we might put in a little bit of information, but we're not trying to make this funny. Here, we're really um, just having a space to be able to um, walk through processing our experience of this event. One of the things that I find really important in responding to an event like this is that everybody gets to choose and consents to whatever amount of dialogue they're going to have about this. Because some people really want to pr process this information and talk about these experiences. And some people come to school to just be focused on their work your school system, Berkeley, is known for having very engaged students and youth activists. How do you think about giving kids the tools to participate in change without putting too much pressure on them? It's a balance between trying to empower youth to have both a sense of voice and agency without the burden of responsibility. So recognizing that 
right now, it's adults that are going to be the ones who are responsible for keeping them safe. And that said, are there things that they would like to be able to say and to be heard based on their experience? So I think recognizing some ways and giving some ways that students can contribute their voice, their words to um, people that are making decisions in this country, uh, I think is a really powerful, both both for healing and for um, for student action. So we might have like a table out at um, at the yard time where people, you know, can write letters or for making a, a big poster about how we feel about an event or an experience. Um, we might do that. Any last thoughts to leave us with? Yes. For adults, I really would encourage you to follow your child's lead. We can give our kids opportunities to speak about things, but asking them permission, asking them if they would like to speak more about this is really important. And for kids, just keep being you. You're awesome and you know how to take care of yourself and um, reach out for help if you need it, because we're here for you. Are you feeling a little better, Ryan? Uh, I'm still a little overwhelmed. Can we take a little break? Absolutely. How about 10 seconds of the sounds of rainforest? Oh, that sounds perfect. And we're back. I feel refreshed. So let's talk about the helpers driving change. First off, in June of 2022, President Joe Biden signed into law a gun safety package passed by Congress. It wasn't as sweeping as President Biden requested, and it did not include a ban on assault weapons. But it was the first gun reform bill in decades. Shannon Watts is the founder of Moms Demand Action, a grassroots movement of Americans fighting for public safety measures that protect people from gun violence. Here's a clip from when we last spoke. How has um, Moms Demand Action grown as an organization? And what are some of the changes or any changes you've noticed and who's been you know, joining the ranks in the past couple of years? Well, because horrific shooting tragedies get so much national media attention. That's very often when people get involved in the organization. But also, um, we have lots of survivors in our organization who are part of the coalition. Um, and very often, parents join our organization and even students when they go to school and realize they're going to have to endure lockdown drills and that this is not normal and we shouldn't have to live this way. Um, and we have really just grown exponentially in the last nine years. As I said, we're now the largest grassroots movement in the country. Um, we're not just moms, we're mothers and others, we're, we're survivors and students. And it really does take every American using their voice on this issue um, in order to affect change. And Michaela Johnson, a student activist who had this to say when we asked how students can drive change. So one of the best things they can do is of course, join Students Demand Action. Um, we are an amazing organization of student leaders, 14 and up across the country, and it's really easy to get involved in a lot of our efforts. Okay, voter registration, we did a lot of voter registration uh, last year. We registered over 100,000 voters for the presidential election, um, which was super awesome, and that's just an easy way for young kids to get involved just starting out. 
or even peer-to-peer text messaging, um, just about spreading the word about uh, local gun violence, things that are happening in our communities or things that are happening on the national level. And as we were finishing this episode, we learned that Students Demand Action has organized a national student walkout for April 5th. The group says they're fed up with the lack of change and are protesting to help show their support for gun control. And we'd like to leave you today with this comment from Shannon Watts when we asked her how we overcome frustration and keep pushing for change. You know, activism is like drips on a rock and you have to show up over and over and over again. And when you lose, you still have to show up over and over and over again. And that's really how you force change in this country. I think if I've learned anything in the last decade, it's that Congress is not where this work begins, it's where it ends. Why are the lights of the trivia room all off? Tracy sent Tessa home early. Instead of trivia, Tracy asked that we end today's episode with a special note to our listeners. Oh, right. Uh, I wrote it last night. Tenors, school shootings and gun violence of all kinds are sad, scary, frustrating, and tragic events. Whatever you're feeling is okay. We hope that today's episode helped you understand more about the conversations happening around us. We don't have the answers as to why this keeps happening and why someone would hurt someone else. What we do know is that it helps to talk about it and share how you're feeling with others. You are part of our 10 News family, and we're here to answer your questions and keep you updated on any progress made to help keep us all safe. Thank you for listening to the 10 News. 10 Things You Need to Know drops every Tuesday, and our in-depth reports drop every Wednesday. The 10 News is a co-production of Small But Mighty Media and Next Chapter Podcasts. The 10 News creative team is making sure to take mental health breaks and includes Tracy Crooks, Pete Musto, and Tessa Flannery. Our production director is Jeremiah Tittle, and our executive producers are Donald Albright and show creator Tracy Leeds Kaplan. I'm Ryan Willard. And I'm Pamela Kirkland. Thanks for listening to The 10 News, and take care of yourselves.